welcome to yet another episode of Generation Zennial. It has been three weeks, four weeks? It's been a while, Pete. It's been a while. It's been at least three weeks. We've we've had lives, we've been doing summer things. Vacations. Vacations. You've been doing weddings. Well, it's wedding season. Oh my god. I have two this weekend. I have one this afternoon. And the kids are home today because you know what? The pandemic is not over yet, people. The pandemic no. is not yet over. Even though as much vaccine- as we, as much as we want to believe it's over, it is not over. And I'm, me, I'm living I'm living that proof right now because I am currently in the United Kingdom. So if this podcast sounds a little weird, this, that's why um, I'm recording off my phone instead of the usual setup. But um, we have to quarantine for ten days um, because the United States is considered an amber country here in the UK. So we are we are forced to quarantine for ten days in one spot. We can't leave the house for any reasons um, other than obviously emergencies, but uh, we have to have three COVID tests. Wow. We're paying, we're paying extra to um, early release. It's, a, it's an extra fee because it's an extra test that you have to send out. And then when you get the results after the fifth day, if you get that test, you can, if it's negative, you can, then they let you go. So do you have but, to pay for the tests over there or the t- tests? Uh, yeah, you pay for the test. I, I believe it was um, about, it was either $300 or 300 pounds. I don't really remember uh, exactly what we paid, but. Well then. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, you have to pay for the test yourself. So it's not like you can just come and take tests for free. Cause obviously they, they don't want people traveling here from uh, countries with high COVID rates and they consider the United States to be relatively high. Um, like, but I'm from New York. Yeah, New York's doing well, and and we're vaccinated. You should be able to like, can we can we divide up the country into its states and like rank each state individually instead? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be kind of more fair. Unfortunately, the United States is, is considered one country, and they really don't have to. Uh, can we change that? Yeah. Again, we're well, like the European Union. You know, we're just we're the United States, but there's a lot of states. Each state has states. its own. You know, I'm I'm, I'm from New York, and, and we're vac- there's a lot of weird vaccination rules here too, because I guess there's a lot of worker shortages because of COVID. Um, so some people have exemptions, uh, some certain like professions have exemptions, apparently, depending on what, on what you do. Um, well, so they just go to work basically. London, right. Just, um, rolled back restrictions like last this week, I think it was this week. They rolled back some restrictions. Yeah. It was free. Yeah. They called it freedom day. Um, so yeah, it's also too, if, if I, like, if we got vaccinated in the UK, we would be off of quarantine. We wouldn't have to quarantine. But because we got vaccinated in the United States in a different program, we have to quarantine. Even though it's the same vaccine? Even though it's most of the same vaccines. They do have the AstraZeneca over here, where we oh, do not. Oh, true, true. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they have, if we have vaccines that they don't. But I know that they have the AstraZeneca over here, um, that we don't use that in the States. That is kind but of I weird. The, I have the weakest vaccine. I have the J and J vaccine. Sames. And I don't know if they use that over over here or not. But but I know that's that's been a big talking point is is, is the J and J vaccine as effective. Um, they're saying just because it's not as effective as the other ones, as the Moderna and Pfizer, um, that doesn't mean that it's not effective. It's just well, not it's, it's weird because when you look at vaccines historically speaking, like you know, Moderna and Pfizer, they're like, you know, 90, 95% effective which in uh vaccine history is like remarkably super effective 
you yeah. know, mo most vaccines are 60 to 70% effective. You know, the, the annual flu vaccine is like 50% effective. Check my numbers on that. that but, but, you know, usually because with the flu vaccine, they're like gambling on like, we think this will be the strain. So we're going to do that one. But they don't right, know for sure. I mean, the, the flu um, varies every year. So, yeah, it's so quickly that it's, it really, it's really hard to protect against. So a vaccine uh, at 95%. So like the J&J is considered the weaker one, but relative to other vaccines out there for other things, it is still remarkably high. And other research shows that it actually gets better with time. So like the longer you have it, the more effective it is against, you know, extreme illness and hospitalization. And that's the big part, right? That's the big takeaway that I think yes. people need to take away from the vaccines is that it used, because people still are getting COVID if they're vaccinated. That's something that we're yeah. finding out is like, it's not. That's true of all vaccines. You can still COVID. get the thing, but your body knows how to fight it. It fights it much easier. There's what, I think it's like 99.5 percent of people being hospitalized right now are not vaccinated. So that's correct. Uh, and, yeah. 5% of hospitalizations are people that are, have been vaccinated yeah. for COVID-19. That's, mm -hmm. and that's the big number that we, we need to worry about. Right. And that's, yeah. um, and, and also too, uh, spreading the disease obviously is another thing that is important to, to fight against. And it seems like the vaccines are stopping the spread so much. Cause you see this, you see this in the numbers, right? This bears out in the numbers that the places that people aren't getting infected are places with high vaccination rates right. and, and an interesting graph i saw there's a big correlation between <laughs> who they voted for in the presidential places voted for in the presidential election and co and and vaccination rates there's, there's a shock graph out there that, that yeah so surprising surprisingly uh, correlates so it's sad if you're in a place um, that that votes democratic you're, you're a little bit more safe than you are in a place that voted for Donald Trump, which like you said, it's not very surprising. It's just, but. Well, the other part that I'm really waiting for is for them to do the authorization for the younger children. Cause hence, like I mentioned earlier, the kids are home today, precautionary wise, because one of the neighborhood kids was exposed last week at the camp he was at and this week tested positive. So we did a quick test yesterday or on Wednesday, but it was still early. The pediatrician said we should wait till today to do it. So we're getting another test again today, but we took them out of camp as precautionary because we're responsible people. Um, but you know, like I said, pandemic's not over, especially if your kids, you know, they can't, you know, my kids can't get vaccinated yet because they haven't approved it for that age bracket, which is what I'm really waiting for because I'll, I'll feel better then. Um, so, you know, it's nice to be vaccinated, be able to go myself and do things. But when I'm out with kids still, like if we go, if I go to the store with the kids, we're all wearing masks. Cause I'm yeah, not going to be, be the parent not wearing a mask while my kids are wearing masks. Well, kids, that's, I, that's, like that's, that's, I think that's responsible. I think uh, uh, something that really needs to be looked at is how effectively children do, do spread it. Right. Cause obviously if your body, your body does a better job of fighting it, it's also going to do a better job of not spreading it. Spreading it. Uh, that's not the right wording. I'm I know what you mean. You know, you know well, what I'm trying to say. Well, the, um, name, the kid in the neighborhood that, that got it, like, you know, he started showing symptoms on like Monday. And that's when they got found out that he was exposed and they got tested the next day. And then like, I think it was Wednesday that he had a fever and a cough, but then yeah, I, I, I texted text the parents yesterday that. and then he's getting, he's better already. He's, he's I think that's another thing that we're finding out. We're finding out that if um, you're most likely to spread it is when you're showing symptoms. So if you're not showing symptoms of COVID, you're probably less likely to spread it. That doesn't mean you can't spread it. I just think it's 
it, it takes a little bit uh, more. Like I've been, I've been doing wrestling shows again. We've opened up a, a professional wrestling. So you know, I've done a few shows now. Um, everyone in the locker room, no, you know, is, I'm I'm assuming is most people are vaccinated. I I know that some people aren't, um, but it doesn't seem to be spreading through the through the wrestling locker rooms, and that's a pretty good that's a pretty good um, small little example of you know because uh, I, I mean that's a good place for something like that to spread if it, if it wasn't right. Yeah, you guys so, are all in a small. So we say, and on the independent scene, when we say wrestling locker room, we mean the bathroom. Well, depending or, on or depending the, on the, gym, the or the, the high school gym locker room. Uh, yeah, the high school gym locker room is where I'm at usually. Yeah, or, uh, what I'm saying is, it's know, not like some luxurious, a, a you know, big space. Oh no, yeah, we're everyone's not, you know, in the not, everyone's in the same room, getting dressed in the same vicinity. So you, it's a close quarters. Usually in a tight, pretty area. Yeah, you know, we're not. And have anyone that's ever been in a high school arena, locker room? When I work in arenas with like huge, huge <laughs> state of the state of the art locker rooms, like you know. and, and and you know those uh high school gyms are not aren't known for their ventilation in the locker room area. This is the truth. <laughs> even um, <laughs> even so, yeah. Even but that's my point. Rooms. My point is like that would be a, that would be a good you know petri dish for for COVID right. to to spread. And it, it seems like we haven't. Like trust me, I've taken a lot of COVID tests in the past couple of weeks. Uh, we were just in Mexico. Um, little plug, check out my YouTube channel. Just another guy talking about stuff. I posted a travel vlog, um, of our trip to Cancun, Mexico, live aqua resort. It, um, the video is doing pretty well for, for my channel, oh, but that's not saying much, but, <laughs> but, you know, we had to, we had a COVID test there on the way back to make, make sure we were okay to come back to the States. Uh, mm -hmm. tested negative there and we had to test again, uh, to fly to England, which, uh, we tested on monday so i was negative again for that and again now i'm gonna have to test again i believe saturday no yeah because day zero was yesterday day one is today so tomorrow i'm gonna have to test again so we'll see we'll see how that goes just uh testing you're a testing fool and then i gotta test two uh, three more times two more to get released and then one more to fly back man so your nose is gonna be like wide open yeah, these are the well in Mexico. It's funny you say that because um, this that was like this is the first time I actually had to get tested was when I was in Mexico, and it was like the old school like up the nose, like far up the nose test to the point where you're like feel like scratching you're, like, the brain. The, like, yeah, you feel like you're cleaning out the sinuses. Like I was like, oh, I almost wanted to do the other side just to even things out because it felt it felt weird in the one nostril afterwards. Can, can you just do the other side just to clean out my sinuses, please? So yeah. yeah um, you know, CV, so we're taking, the, I, the other day we took the kids to the, the CVS drive-thru for it, and you actually do it yourself there. Like, they just... Yes, that's where I actually, I got I got my test done um, to fly out here with CVS. I didn't realize and, that. And they so watch you. We had, like, do the kids ourselves and, like, put it in, and then we didn't know there was liquid in the tubes, and my wife spilled the liquid out. Oh, no. We yeah, didn't watch the they, video. We did not watch the video before we went. They did. They, they send you a text message. They say, watch the video to make it easy, and I... I didn't know we. I didn't know we had to do ourselves. That's why you got to watch the video. But yeah, no, it's, panic, it's, you know? it's 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 simple though, isn't it? Like you, it got, you go through the drive-through, they hand you the, the bag with the stuff in it. They say put it back in the bag with the documentation and put it in the put it in the bin afterwards. But mm -hmm. <clears throat> they sit there and they watch you do it. You just gotta put it in your nose, swish it around about fifteen seconds each nostril, and. To, 
put it in the tube. Yeah, he said five put the tube in the bag and throw it in. It's 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 super easy. Like it's what I, what I thought was weird is like I went to go put it in the container and he goes, "Sir, sir, other people are testing. Use the towel to open that with." And I was like, "But haven't we learned that we can't get it through surfaces and contact?" Um, it's so less. Well. I mean, super less likely. Obviously, if someone. And it's outside someone, of the I guess, sun. Like touching their, if someone's like touching their nose, guess, you know, using a Q-tip and can get it on their hands, and then and then it's a little bit, um, little bit of risk. But yeah, most likely not. But I mean, as yeah, everyone's just being super precautious, though. I guess I was, I was just making like, sir, sir. I'm like, what? What do I do now? They will, they will yell at you. Because <laughs> again, they're I've very had a serious. Of they're very serious about these things. I've had so many tests done, like, but I haven't done one myself before, so it's just I'm not. I was like, okay, whatever. Just usually, I'm used to someone else wiping my nose, and yeah, they they away. test on campus, right? Yeah, we test. They'll test you right on right on campus. Yeah, so we just go up to the site, get the name, walk over here, they do the thing, and then you're done. And then, like again, email that night usually, or the next morning, because we're pretty quick turnaround. CVS are like, oh, you'll know in two days. I'm like two days. We're 18 months into this, and you're telling me two days. It was well, yeah, because CV. It was the next yeah, day. Yeah, well, ours was too. Um, but they, they, I think they say they say three days just to uh, cover they're themselves. They're under promising. They're under promising over delivering. Right, because that yeah that 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 way you if you, if it does take a little while because they don't CVS doesn't have a like diagnostic center that they have to they, they, no, they contract don't. out. Us, it's um it's a company called Quest Diagnostic. Um, oh, Quest. That, that was the concerning part too, just because you know you need to test to fly out and the test needs to be three days before. But then you're nervous that you're not going to get the test in time, right? Because um, it was it. What I looked on the website on the on the website for Quest Diagnostic, and they said their turnaround is about one day. But also too, you don't know when they're picking up the sample, right? So if they don't pick up the sample till the next day, and then they get it, and then you get it the next day, that's two days, so you should be safe. But my wife actually, she was a little bit nervous because we weren't getting the results, and she found a place that had like a quicker turnaround. So she's like, oh, "Let's just go there." And while we were waiting, I got my results. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have to go. So I, was, I went back in. I was like, we don't need, because we were waiting a while, actually. Um, they were pretty busy. So, um, so yeah, so I was like, oh, I went in. And I was like, oh, I don't need it anymore. We can cancel my, uh, you can cancel mine. And then I talked her into canceling hers. But then she went back anyway, because she was just a little nervous about, you know, not getting the test in time. But whatever. It worked out. We're here. Oh, we got a pause. We made it. We have a child. Welcome back to our first ever edit. <laughs> I think I think we edited it once. Uh, okay. Once before, for a reason. Well, that'll be a second edit because uh, it's funny edit when the younger, the younger one, like he's completely body trained, but once in a while he wants you to go with him to the bathroom, just in case, just in case, and like for no reason because he does everything himself. I want you to come with me. Remember, um, look who's talking to. I don't know that I've ever saw the sequel. The sequel's not bad. the The third one with the pets was pretty. Bad. but um you know they were staples of cable television in the in the 90s so i but i remember the the scene there's a, there's a scene where uh the, the kids getting potty trained and like the toilet is like a toilet monster mm-hmm. and it scares them that, i don't know why that always that scene always stuck with me even though i was you know probably 12 years old by the time i saw that movie but <laughs> anyway yeah i don't know that i've ever seen it honestly um it's not bad we had we had when we were on vacation actually look who's talking the first one was on the television isn't that John Travolta and Christy Alley? Yeah. And uh, Bruce Willis is the voice of the baby. That's right. And then 
and then and the, and the end tag um uh, what's his name jo- joan rivers was the was the baby the uh, sister in the in, yes. the in the in the stinger at the end of the movie but then uh for the, sequel, for, they the got Rose, for the sequel they got roseanne Barr because they couldn't secure her probably no i just think that roseanne Barr was the bigger name at the time they actually wanted somebody oh, roseanne Barr. they wanted her to do it instead because i don't think they actually planned on doing the sequel i think it was just like a little like stinger but what a fall movie. from what a fall the from grace roseanne Barr was well, yeah, when you you know go out and tweet racist things, and then you blame Ambien on it, that's not, it's not a good look. Because Ambien does have a lot of side effects, but racism is is not one. <laughs> you know, right, you don't all of a sudden start saying things that you don't believe just because you're on a drug of some kind. Yeah. Like like new new thoughts don't come into your head; they just release the thoughts that are already there. You might, yeah, you might. I don't know if anyone out there is taking Ambien. A very interesting drug <laughs> i mean any but, drug though like there's no you know whatever drug or alcohol you know like when people get you know they get a little liberal when they speak because their their tongue is loose but it's, yeah, you get a little, it's, uh, it's, it's all the stuff that's already in your head go, those inhibitions yeah. go away and you start saying what's really maybe not maybe not thinking thinking things through or like you know well it's very impulsive right it's, it makes you very very impulsive that's um, the problem with twitter yeah. three right there oh. Oh, what was it? Well, oh, so yeah. because because you haven't been paying attention, attention, because you haven't been paying attention to the news because you've been on vacation. Um, speaking of Twitter, I so, saw someone's like, "Oh, I wish Trump had a Twitter back just for twenty four hours after Tom Brady visited the White House," because Tom Brady made like a, I did see that the joke about like if forty percent of the country still doesn't believe we won. You know how that feels, Mr. President. <laughs> And he did make another joke. Oh, he said he forgot. Because remember that, that one play where he uh, Tom Brady forgot what down it was? Oh, yeah. I forgot they, what started, they said he, they started calling him sleep, Sleepy Tom. They started calling me Sleepy Tom. Well, yeah, I mean, but I thought Tom Brady was a Trump supporter, honestly. So um, I was I, I read because, you know, that led me into reading um, an article about it. And he he was saying that, you know, Trump was a friend, you know, we always called him after a game and stuff like that. And then this is prior to 2016. But, you know, he'd be on the sideline watching the games, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then as it got into the political sphere, he wanted, you know, he's like, oh, he wanted me to come out to be to do political things. And my wife actually said, you know, you probably shouldn't, you know, don't, don't do the political route or whatever. And he's like, I, I just didn't want to get into the politics of it, you know. It, it, friend thing is here, politics thing is over there. I'm not crossing that line into that world. And, I mean, especially when you have someone as divisive as Donald Trump. Right. And uh, and yeah, I mean, when you're a sports figure, you know, like Tom Brady is, it's such. It's probably better for him not to not to get involved in. Something and he's like already that. and he's a uh, he's a divisive sports figure as it is. People yeah, either love Tom uh, Brady or hate Tom Brady, and when they hate Tom Brady, they hate Tom Brady. Yeah, and to be fair, like. My wife hates. I'm Tom not Brady. the biggest fan. Of, I'm not the biggest fan of Tom Brady. I do. I do think. I mean, obviously, he's proven his worth in in, in the world of football. Um, he's done a lot of amazing things. You know, just his win percentage and the number of Super Bowls that he's won is unprecedented. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big Joe Montana fan. You know, growing up in the '80s, a 49er fan. Um, and I think they they have very similar like. Mm, what I'm looking for. Uh, complaints against them that's not the right word i'm looking for but it's it, you know they're, it, it's always always been like oh they're they they benefit from a system 
which is which is true. Like um, they they're not asked to do a lot of crazy things as, as quarterbacks, right? Um, they're never asked to like do very comp like very. I don't think they're skill wise. Tom Brady is the best quarterback. I think Aaron Rodgers um, surpasses Tom Brady if you actually watch like them play. I think, I think Mahomes um, is gonna be one of those guys later on. Mahomes is just a freak athlete. Um, if, well, he, if he stays, if he stays healthy, he's he's gonna he's just gonna do something, do yeah, some incredible. When but can, what I mean is like we get that you know. Right, but Tom, yeah, Tom Brady's really never been asked to like do, do, do crazy things. Like he did, he he throws the ball fifteen yards down the field into you know into guys who are open, and then once in a while unloads for deep bat. Like it's you know it's not super complicated football. Well, uh, well I shouldn't football, say that, football is way more complicated than people make it out to be. But, well, um, but also football is a, you know it's a team sport, so you have to have a team built up around you. And when you when you have a person that has an arm, you build up, you get receivers that can catch a ball. And like yeah. as long as you have targets that can get open, get, and catch a ball, just get guys into space. That's, so that's the whole thing with, with the passing game is just get just get guys into space and make sure you make the right reads. And he's amazing at that, right? And that's when, the thing. When you get a guy like Gronkowski, you get Gronkowski who's like a giant and can just put his arms up above everybody else and catch a ball. You're gonna get yeah. Down. I think people. I don't. I, yeah, I think people don't realize how big uh, Gronk. I mean, people call him the best tight end of all time. He's definitely the best receiving tight end of all time. I don't think that's that's something anyone can really argue. He's a giant. Um, yeah, and when you have a position like that, who can just um, you get the matchups and get him into space, it's it's ridiculous what what he can do, and uh, you know just that that changes the game so much more. That that, that was just, some coach at some point that said, you know what, this guy's a tight end. Left. Let's make this guy a tight end. Yeah, it just makes it gives you a huge weapon to use, and it just opens up the field for you. Um, but you know, same thing with Joe Montana. You had Brent Jones, who was a very good receiving tight end for the time. Um, you know, you probably look at him now, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't, because compared to guys like um, and Antonio Gates and Gronk, and I mean, even Aaron, Aaron Hernandez was, you know, for all his problems, he was a very <laughs> football player. Do we have to talk about him? Just a bit. I mean, <laughs> just one sentence. He was a good okay, football good. player. He was and a good other, football player. Who killed other issues. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and how much did brain damage contribute to his? I mean, upbringing had a lot to do with it, right? He didn't really come from the best, uh, the best, uh, you know, situation. But you know, and then on top of that, I mean, a lot of your head. a lot of you know, if you look at a lot of athletes in that. A lot of football players don't come from the best upbringing. You know, they, especially in some well, communities, the they're, they're, that's like their escape. They, 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 it's almost their ticket out, you know, so they yeah. dedicate their life to football to and get that's out something of that people tanks. push. But, you know, that's another, that's another issue with capitalism, isn't it? It's because, it's, trust me, it's something that people really push. It's like, oh, this could be your ticket out. It's, it's, it's well, playing football. Like but you know what? Like, and then you find a really good one, and then they make tons of money, right? right. More money than they know what to do with. And then everybody coming out of the woodwork. Take it out thing though, like you know, in my old town, um, just the, the football program was huge, but huge. But it's like not just the take it out thing, but it's, it's getting them off the streets and not letting them get into trouble. Because if they're doing football all the time, then it, it takes away the chance for them to do the wrong things. Well, that's sports in general too. Yeah, right? that's, yeah, that's, that's all sports, that, right? I, I think that's that's one of the big that's one of the big. Uh, and that's one of the positive talking points about all, all sports and all athletics. Whereas football over the past decade or so, especially after the, the NFL study on concussions came out, um, it's, it's it's had some issues. Like, trust, like, you know, as an athletic trainer, I can tell you, like, football 
is not the sport that it used to be 15, 20 years ago. It's just, it doesn't have the participation. People aren't, people aren't pushing their kids into it like they used to. And, you know, football needs to do something to make parents feel safe, safer about it. And I think a big part of that would be just eliminating tackle football until the age of 13. I mean, which a lot of people are, a lot of people are hesitant to do it. I'm, but I'm it's all for that. There's no reason you could. And there's a lot of advocates out there. There's former football players, NFL players that are advocates for that too, because like, look, all the fundamentals of how to play the game you can do without tackling, you know, yep. running plays, throwing the ball, running the ball, all this stuff you can do via flag football. You don't need to tackle to do that stuff. You can right. pull off that tackling until, you know, 13 or even later, you know, they, some people are even like, you know what, you don't need to, you can be a great football player and learn football in high school. You don't have to start at, you know, no, it's one of, yeah, it is one of those sports where you really don't need the the skills component as much as some other sports. That is true. Um, a lot of it is because a lot of it is just physical physicality. If if you're if you're if you're stronger than the guy across from you, you're going to win the battle. You know, tech, technique is important, basically to protect yourself, but to play to actually play the game, you just you just need to be physical. Right. Um, just just a, just a little side note, just not so that we're not deriding you know American football. Um, as the only sport, I do, I also believe sports in like like soccer. I think heading sh- should be outlawed until the, the age of thirteen as well. I don't think it's necessary. I know a lot of people disagree with that aspect of it too, but I don't, I, it's something that you don't need to do. It's just it's it's not it's not safe. That's just, I just it's not the safest thing they do. It's not it's not the best practice. I don't believe. I, and again, like football, you can you can play soccer without heading the ball, right? Um, you know, once you get to a certain age, you start introducing that um, skill, but it's not something you really need to start doing, you know, at eight, nine, 10 years old. It's, Especially while that brain is still developing and rattling around inside the skull. Well, that's the there. point, right? That's that's the point is that the, your, your brain is still rapidly developing at that age. Um, you know, a lot of people would probably then argue that 13 is probably even still too young, uh, but, you know, you have, to, you have to start somewhere, I guess. Right. If, if you put, you know, push it back to there first as like a, a testing ground and get people used to the idea of like, we don't need to do this yet. And then over time, okay, you know, maybe we push it back to 16 or 18 or never. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you ever get really going to get rid of, you're never going to get rid of it. But even football, I, mean, I think, I think you're going to see, I mean, by the time we're like retirement age and like getting up there, you're going to see a lot of different like football like sports that don't include the, the, you know the, the tackling and the collisions that we we see just because mm-hmm. you, it's something that need to change if we want to keep people healthy. Well, the problem is the audiences still want to see Roman Coliseum competition. You know they want to see. Well, who doesn't look at UFC? I mean, it's box. I mean, you buy I mean, UFC exactly. supplanted boxing, but those two sports are basically give the guy a concussion, give the guy across from you a concussion, which is sad. I mean, it's that's simplistic, but. I know, but you're right, which is why, and I've argued this over again with people, I'm like, I'd rather watch my fake wrestling because it's entertaining, it tells a story, and it shows physicality versus watching UFC where you're literally trying to beat the shit out of the person. And it's a lot easier. I don't don't want to do that. I don't want to be in a, I don't want to be cheering on, I don't know, I just don't enjoy it. You you don't feel right cheering on people. I don't, no, like you're, oh, you're bad. And I used to love boxing. I thought, I, you know, I was a really big boxing fan in like the '90s when it was when it was huge. And 
I, I loved watching boxing and I think it was, it's a great sport. Um, but yeah, there's definitely safer ways to do that. I think, I think something like headgears is something that's going to need to be introduced in the future. Um, which well, they wear headgear. They, they the don't they wear headgear in Olympic boxing? In the amateur, yeah, the amateur yeah. ranks still wear headgear, which is something that I don't, but again, that's what would have, People pay when you're paying to see it. What do people want to see? Like you said, they want to see the Roman Coliseum sports. They want to see someone knocked out. And you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna have a lot less knockouts when you're wearing headgear. Right. But it I think, a technical but, sport, which is, you know. But that's that's what I, I loved about boxing is the technic, technicality of it, right? I like people who can land punches versus people who can dodge punches. But you know, it doesn't always need to be you know the, the heavy hitters. Right. You don't. You don't need. But to that's what sells. But that's what sells tickets. Yeah. And as long but as going back to money. They're going to do it. As long as it makes money, right. it'll keep happening. But going back to wrestling, that's the great thing about wrestling is if you if there's something dangerous in the sport, you can change it. And it's very easy to be like, we're just not doing this anymore because it's, you know, it's not. We're not going to do this move. Right. No one's, no one's going to suffer financially because they said, okay, we're going to take out head chair shots. Yeah. Well, no more shots to the head with the chair. I mean, look at the attitude error. You, or like, unless, you, of course, unless ECW. Oh God! Like yeah. some of those guys, like you just like those, those Masada Tanaka, Mike Awesome matches. You watch those matches, go back now, and you're like, "Holy crap!" Like that was like, or even like the Mick Foley um Rock half, um, halftime heat match. That was like when he hit him five times in a row with the chair. Five? I think he took like twenty three chair shots. Oh, during the course of the entire match, yeah. But there was like that one string in a row where it was like crazy. Yeah, um, I, uh, and even afterwards, like, because I think there was more than they agreed on, and like Mick was a little, you know, upset about it too. He's like, yeah, we were supposed to do like two share shots, because that was the that was the match that was on uh, Beyond the Map. They talked about it in the documentary. Was, what, it wasn't was that it? one. There was no, there was another one, but it was yeah, it was, was the Rocky Man time. Before halftime meet, because I think I think halftime meet was uh... no, not halftime meet. It was um, it was another pay per view event, but it was Rocky. McFoley, I do and, remember in the book. I do remember reading about that in, the, in his, one of his books. And, and Mick was up, definitely upset with The Rock about how many chair shots he had taken, because it wasn't supposed to be that many. And, and he's, yeah. you know, you're, you're paying for it now, right? But, yeah. Somehow Mick is still okay. So yeah, so, it's a good takeaway. Is you know, they, I mean, you make uh, athletics a little bit safer for everybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I have no intention of signing my kid up for football unless it's flag football until he's older, because I don't want to deal with long term ramifications of brain injuries because we decide to put him in a helmet at age seven and then they go think they're invincible and start ramming their head into things and getting, you know, minor concussions that are, you know, don't realize they're happening. You have all these micro concussions that add up over time. Well, even the NCAA now has is, is changed um, their practice policies with, with football. Uh, they've, they've banned a few drills, like the old Oklahoma and Bull in the Ring drill. Um, they've limited the number of padded practices that, that you can have. And I think that's something that needs to trickle down now to the high school level um, mm -hmm. and then to the youth level, definitely. Um, you, don't, you don't need to be in pads every day. That's something I try to stress to my coaches is that, you know, um, it, there's this old school mentality where, like, you need to use. You need to get used to hitting and used to being in pads and used to used to that contact, which to you know a certain extent when you're young, yeah, you, you kind of need to get comfortable with it, but you also don't need you don't need to do it every day. Like 
like gone are the days of gone are the days of you know two or three day practices where you're full pads every day in 100 degree heat um you know there's basically pounding each other for six hours a day you you see clips of like even the nfl teams they're in you know a jersey and shorts a lot of times they're barely they're bad i mean that's let's be fair they're professionals right they they want to play the sport they're the top of the game so they don't really need that to to do to have that kind of practice but at the same time they realize that it's also safe for the players and you know you want those players to be able to show up on sunday you don't want them getting hurt at practice but you know but to the point like it's if what you're practicing is are the plays if you're practicing plays and practicing throwing you don't need to wear all that stuff for every single practice yeah, you know yeah. what? Okay, we're about to have our first game next week. Let's practice twice with the gear on so you get used to movement in the gear. But the four weeks leading up to that, you don't need any gear on because yeah. you're just running drills. And, you know, I mean, if you just want to, if you want to wear helmets, you get used to the helmet. And you want to, you know, even yeah, if you want to just wear uppers sometimes, that's fine. But then, not the guards. And, and, and we have a thing called, you know, it's called, it's called thud contact, right? It's not that full, like, full out bring them to the ground hit somebody as hard as you can it's basically like you're you're in your uppers you're in your shoulder pads and your helmet and you know you're playing full speed until you get up to the guy and then you know you slow down and just kind of just wrap them up right and they understand that that they're the contact's happening they're going to slow down you're going to slow down you're just going to wrap each other up that that gets you used to playing the game right and then you know maybe one day a week you, you you know you play like you would for a couple half hour 45 minutes or so and then and then you play a game and you know that's, that's perfectly acceptable, um, you know. But you know, back when I played football, it was basically you're in full pads every day except for the day before the game, and you're practicing like you would play every every down. Mm-hmm. Well, they also learned a lot too about heat exhaustion and those dangers too. So they're not well, yeah, the, kids in that you know, gear during the summer. And it's the Corey heat. Stringer, which I think we were in college when Corey Stringer happened. I think that was two thousand one. So there's a there's an institution called the the Corey Stringer Institute who does a lot at of UConn. Good work. It's at UConn. There was a, there was a story about it on the news last night. Oh really? Yeah, because actually the uh, at, at the institute the U.S. women's soccer team went there to prep for the heat in Tokyo. Oh cool. So they so they, they went there and did all those tests and everything because they yeah they had a whole um, on NBC thirty last night on the local news they were they were doing profiles and. One of the things was about the Corey Springer Institute at UConn and the women's soccer team preparing for because in, in Tokyo it's really hot right this time of year. Yeah, it's hot everywhere right now. Let's be yeah. honest. It's, yeah. In it's 1964, right when they had the Olympics in Tokyo, they actually had it in October to avoid the heat. So this year, they they did a lot of prep work to get ready for the heat and how to play in it. Didn't help for their first game though because they lost. But you know, yeah, they got blown out by Sweden, which was kind of surprising. Yeah, so they better rally for their next game. Better come on, the soccer team in the world. I didn't even know it was on yet. Uh, speaking of um, soccer, uh, we watched a really good. I don't know if you were following the Euros at all. I was not because uh, no. I didn't. My wife, my wife being from England, England was in the finals against Italy. They they lost in penalties. A really good game though. My condolences to you. Yes, wife. it was it was rough. I do have a I do have a friend from Italy as well. So they, but I'm they Italian. Were... I am Italian though. So. You're American, Keith. You're an American. I'm I'm Keith. My pronouns are he him. For, we don't qualify for the Euros because we're yeah, true. not in Europe. Because we're not because the United States is in Europe. That's a funny, funny story about. I think it was Ray Mysterio. <laughs> he said something like silly, like why doesn't why doesn't Mexico require you know play in the Euros? And they're like because uh, Mexico's not in Europe, buddy. 
But anyway. Getting back on COVID, um, I know we got off track talking about head injuries and, and, and heat illness and whatnot. But um, I did want to mention something about apparently, you know, Fox News is now getting on board with vaccinations. Yeah, Sean Handy has been promoting vaccines. Uh, I don't believe Tucker Carlson's on board yet. No, Tucker Carlson's, you know, he's got a... But, you know, even Mitch, got, you know, Mitch McConnell is pushing it. In, and uh, uh, the NPR Politics Podcast crew have a very good point about this. It's like, well, of course they are because all their constituents are starting to die. That's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> I was like, so, they're, realize, they're realizing their constituency... Their is, viewers is and their constituents are... ...in any other population, and they're going to be like, they're going to be out of... You know, they're gonna out be out of, of jobs. Out of soldiers pretty soon if you know if if they all die of COVID. So they kind of realize in last minute because it was all about let's be honest, it was all about the economy, right? It was all about like we need to keep the economy strong or you know our guy won't get reelected. And now it's to the point where um, if they if if you all they die, start, they're gonna start losing the old you know the older older um, population. That that that's basically makes up their constituents and viewers, and it's gonna be a tough time for them. No, now, so not, Tucker's still Tucker's still you know out there saying crazy things, but that's that's basically that's his entire show. Now I'm not um, I'm not happy about YouTube the reasons. Video. I was gonna say I'm not happy no. about the reasons, but I'm happy they're doing it. No, but even even Joe Biden came out um, last week at his town hall and said, "Listen, if Trump wants to come out and do a little speech like pushing the vaccine, he's like I'm all for it because he realizes that's the difference between Trump and Trump and Biden. Biden wants to be the president of the entire country, where Trump was." just the president for his voters right because he figured that his voters got him elected doesn't he doesn't need a majority to get reelected. so i'm just going to pander to that particular group who voted me in and try to try to excite them to vote for me again and obviously that plan did not work um Mm -hmm. i think anyone could have told you that plan wasn't going to work but what are you gonna do that's that's who he was that's what we got that's who he still is so he still is He's still out there. He's, you know, and that's and that's another thing, right? Um, with former presidents, former presidents is always kind of like taking a backseat after they left office. Where Trump is still going full bore. He's there, you know, they're still pushing for him to run in twenty twenty four. I really don't think it's going to happen at this point. Well, did you did you um, you were in Mexico last week? Did you see his trip to the border crossing? I did not. I missed that one. He he made a he made a PR trip down to the border and talked about like we're gonna finish this wall and we should really paint it black because then it gets really hot so they can't climb it. I'm like, I just you know you don't understand what gloves are, do you? <laughs> it just says things that sound right, that sound good to people that don't really yeah, care yeah, about because they'll burn their hands. Like, okay, so you want to cause harm to people? That's what he's the face. He was the Facebook president, right? It was basically Facebook posts and Twitter, like it yeah. just. Is that if you don't really, if you just read it once and really don't think about it, it's like, okay, maybe this makes sense. But then if you, you know, take two or three steps down the line and think, you know, use your brain and it doesn't make any sense. But that's so where we're at. Let's shift gears to entertainment for our entertainment Yeah, let's, let's talk about some fun stuff because you finally finished Loki. I finally finished Loki. Spoiler alerts. If you haven't watched Loki or you care not to know what's happening yet, have a great week. We'll talk to you later. Okay, now it's Loki time. All six episodes, six episodes, right? Six episodes. Six episodes. It was one of the yeah, and um, sweet. Which you know I, like, I, I do I like. Appreciate I do that. like their their tech. I do like their their ideas behind their shows, right? One division was was ten, I believe, right? That was a little bit so. longer. But they were they were also very they were shorter episodes, I believe. I think they were 
around like a half an hour, whereas the Loki to fit the sitcom that. theme. Yeah, whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier were more like around like forty five minutes or so each. Yeah, same with Loki. Loki was about forty four minutes. So um, a hour long episode. But I thought it was the best show they've done so far. And I See, really I, like WandaVision. I don't like comparing them against each other because to me they're all different. They're different genres. Even though they're all within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, each show in itself oh, is, is a different genre of show. Yeah, I just I for me personally, I think it was the it was the show that I I got the most that I I liked the most. Um, well, but mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a sucker for you know crazy sci-fi. You like Tom Hiddleston, and, and he was great. Uh, he was great in it. Um, and Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson was amazing in it. Um, the actress that played Sylvie, um, I don't know her name, which now sounds kind of sexist because I know the two guys' names. I don't know her name. Well, she's the, <laughs> well. I say it's more of a well. We have two established people that we've known for many years versus a newcomer who's introducing herself for the first time. I did read an article about her. So she actually is a new mom and they custom made the costumes for her so she could easily do breast pumping in between. Yeah, they had days. hidden zippers. I did see a tweet about that actually. So and I'm like, and that's. I thought that was really cool. So like they custom made her outfit to be like not super sexy, but also easily accessible. So that way between takes, she could be do her mom duties, which I was like, that's amazing. Cause now, you know, she's like, I couldn't have done this otherwise. Like if, if they didn't do that for me, I would not be able to take this part. Oh, it would impossible. Because yeah, those those costumes they take yeah. sometimes Two hours days. to get into. Yeah. So that, that um, was pretty cool to hear about that stuff. Um, but so yeah, I thought the show was really cool. I, I love time travel stuff too. I'm a big Doctor Who fan. So yeah, if we if you're a time yeah if you're a sci-fi nerd, like this was the show for you definitely. Like right. it, it was very like I remember when it first the first couple episodes the previews when people were previewing it. It was like, um, yeah, if you're a fan of Doctor Who and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, like this is this is going to be up your alley. When I heard that, I was like, this this is going to be a great show for me, and it was. And it was the the uh, good, you know, didn't spell everything out for you. Gave like nice little twists. Mm -hmm. Could be a little sloggy at times. I thought um, there were a few episodes there. Um, the one where they were on the planet kind of slogged a little. There was a lot of exposition and. Yeah, that was a um, lot of. Well, they, were, they were in the train, but they, they kind of broke it up with some action, which was nice. But it was just kind of a slow episode. And I want to say that uh, maybe the episode before the last one. The that penultimate one, episode? Like, yeah, the penultimate episode. Might I'm have still using that word, by the way. <laughs> penultimate. I love that word. It's a great word. I stole it from Monty Python. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, it could get a little bit like exposition y and sloggy at times, but I think that's because it was the plot was a little bit convoluted. So they wanted to be able to like spell it out, and which I do appreciate. I don't like when oh, yeah, but even the characters themselves didn't know what was going on. So you had like it, right. it was actually kind of realistic because a lot of times when you have that exposition, it's like it's for the audience alone, where the character didn't really need to know that. In this case, you know, you have characters finding out there's an entire world they didn't know existed or you know, whatever. And so the exposition for the characters actually made sense. Yeah, they did a good job of building that into the actual story. Um, instead of just like, yeah, here's me talking about something that everybody already knows about. Um, <laughs> which you do get in a lot of sci-fi shows. Um, yeah, I thought the acting was great. The action was great. Um, it's amazing what they can do with the special effects because they have a lot of that stuff already like pre-rendered um, for the, the movies. Five more minutes. Go back downstairs, please. Corey, go downstairs. I'll be done soon. Oh, you didn't have to pause. I muted myself. <laughs> 
I heard them walking up the stairs. I knew it was happening. Having working at home with kids, everybody. Working at because you know, podcasting with kids. Maybe that maybe next episode we'll just have the kids on the show. I think they're we'll talk we'll talk to them for an hour. And oh, see hopefully they they're back at camp by then. That's true too. <laughs> if not. Um but yeah, like I said, the, you know, the action was good. The, the, like we were, I was just saying about the special effects, how they can they have, they have a lot of stuff like pre-rendered from the movies. Um, so for a television show, to have that kind of quality is, is, is pretty cool. Um, it, it, I like the way they introduced Kang the Conqueror. I thought his character was interesting as hell. Um, makes you kind of want, want to see more. Obviously, I think he's going to be a little bit different in the in the future iterations of him because obviously... Well, different that, variants, yeah. He's going to have a different, gonna be a different It's going to be a different Kang. So it might be a little bit more ruthless, but I hope he does have that kind of like quirky like personality to him, which is great as well. What I, I think like, yeah, I like this, I like is this him being so old. So yeah, you know, things happen. Like when you know everything, it's hard. I like the way he was confident and quirky and kind of just like like didn't care about the world anymore. He's like I've I've been around forever, so I I don't. You kill me, I'm just gonna nothing, come back. Nothing can, nothing can affect me really. Like you want to kill me, that's fine. I don't. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> like I I like that part of it. Like it was, it was a really cool introduction to the character. So now, I, have I you mean, seen this I thing that's on the internet? That Someone on the internet pointed out that the finale of Loki and the finale of WandaVision sync up. I did. I did read. So that that, that moment where Wanda changes what she's doing and she's laying to the ground is the same moment where they cross over to the unknown in the multiverse, spans out. Right. Where, where he yeah he kind of has a he kind of pauses and goes we just crossed the threshold. So yeah, if you stuck the episodes at the same time. Um, that'll those two incidents will those two events will happen at the same time, and also um, when he drops the is it a pen? I don't remember what he, he dropped something like a piece of whatever. That happened when um, I think Agatha Agatha fell to the ground, right? And, and um, yeah. yeah, and they hit the ground. So yeah, I, I, so yeah, that's something that you know obviously you have to think ahead if you're going to do something like that. So. And then Loki ends up in the wrong multiverse. Yes, the and we got we're getting a season two, which I didn't realize because right, uh, you know, well Falcon or now Captain America and Winter Soldier are getting a getting a movie, I believe. Right. But this is the first episode. This is the first time that they've announced a sequel for the television show, which I didn't know about. So when I heard, when I when I saw that they're going to come out with a sequel for that, because yeah, because I I was like, where were they going to go with this? You know, he's in a that seems seems to be in a different timeline. Well, where, you know, yeah, because in the in, in the we'll call it the prime timeline, you know, he is dead, but he's been plucked from that timeline in this, and now he's somewhere else. So you can he can still continue as Loki, this Loki, in a different time in a different universe or timeline. Which is going to make the new Doctor Strange movie really interesting. The new um, yeah, who knows what's going to happen? The madness of the multiverse, or whatever what is it called, something like that. Multiverse of the madness. Multiverse of madness <laughs> mix those up. But yeah, I think the uh, you know like he might is he popping up in that? I don't know. And this is why these movies like I really don't like to read anything about them. No, like I don't either. Like we said, yes, I'm invested in these movies. Like I'm invested in the stories. I'm invested in the characters. Like I'm gonna see them. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is what it. Is. I'm gonna I'm gonna see them. It does. You don't need to sell me. I'm sold on the. I'm sold on the universe. Just tell me the date. Wanna, I'll be I, there. Yeah. I don't want to know like if someone was on set. Like I don't want to know if there's gonna be cameos. Like I just I want to be surprised when I watch a movie. Because and I think that's one of the things with these movies is that's something that you can do. Because other movies, if you really don't know the IP, 
you're gonna you're gonna want to see if you if you want to be interested in it, right? But because Marvel's just become such a juggernaut, and the movies just and, t- and the, the entire media conglomerate has just become so huge, and because we're comic book fans, like you know, you're gonna see them. You so, know, with me, it was like I going into it, I knew nothing about Guardians of the Galaxy when it came out. And no, I thought that was great because, like, I had, I had known other properties and all that stuff. But then, like, when I saw Cookie for that, I was like, this is going to be great because I don't know anything about this series. And I'm going to go in completely blind. And I loved it. And I, yeah. I, I enjoy that kind of stuff. And that helped out, too, because, like, you know it's Marvel, right? You know kind of the universe that, they, that they're going to live in. Yeah, you know the architecture, so, you know. But, but then you don't know the characters. So you're not – because, you know, comic book fans can be a little nitpicky about – are they staying true to the comics or not? Like so, like I didn't know Star Lord at all. So it was like you you're creating a new Star Lord for me, right. and that's right. that's fine because I had no attachment to any of the other Star Lord. And I think that kind of helped them out in the long run, with, even with their original movies. Even with because, Iron Man, Iron Man was a I mean, lesser you, known comic. Yeah, if you remember when they, these movies first come out, it was like, oh, here comes Marvel with the, with the B team because they sold off all their popular properties: the, the Fantastic Four, Spider Man. The X Men, they were all sold off to other to other companies, so they had, to, then bought back. they had to go back to yeah, they had to go back with their like lesser known properties, but that helped them out in such a way because people didn't have that attachment to an Iron Man or, or Thor, right? Or uh, or your um, whatever Hulk, even yeah, no, I, mean, I, Hulk, I well, Hulk was known, but you know, he had a TV show in this in the 80s, yeah, but uh, you know, Lou but it's Lou Freak, no, yeah. Hulk, Hulk's not that complicated of a character. <laughs> well, unless you get into the comics, it gets more complicated. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, the comic, but he has also has, what, 70 years of comic book history now? Well, this is the other thing, too, is like, it, no matter which character it is from the comics, though, like, when you start a new universe from the comics, like, every every character in comic books has been reinvented over the course of their lineage anyways. So I, I get annoyed when people are like, oh, but that's not how it's supposed to be. I'm like, yeah, but that's how it was in the 80s version this is a different version like you can restart it and be something different with still following the same uh lineage and not be the same thing because if it's the same thing what's the point anyways you know and if they don't grow at the time which which was the great thing about marvel and dc uh comic books throughout the uh, throughout the 20th century is that they change with the times you know they they update their content to match the times and if you don't do that it's not comics anymore yeah, and especially with Marvel because Marvel had such a backing in social commentary. Right. And that's a <laughs> When people are upset about Captain Marvel, Captain America being political. Yeah, did you see those? That's something yeah. we can touch on real quick because it was like, oh. yeah, Cap- Captain America's woke now. It's like, what are you talking about? Oh, he's always been woke. He's always been woke. He's always been woke. That's like, like, Captain- like, like Stan Lee was huge about like, social commentary and like civil rights like the whole x-men is an allegory for civil rights oh, yeah. there was someone that like commented like oh well Sp- why does spider-man have to be a guy like that's not very woke of you and it's like um that's why he created the x-men it's like he's spider-man because he's a teenage boy but there's a whole other series and i even within that if you read the the spider-verse there's different versions of spider-man that are you know they're other guys but they're not all white and it's like like when well, people even, say things because they only talk about the little thing they know, it's like, oh. There's a Gwen Stacy. There's a Gwen Stacy Spider-Man. Right. Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There is. I, so think there even, I think even I think even Mary Jane was Spider-Woman in some in some comics. And so, so first of all, it was a very ignorant statement that the person made, but at the same time, yeah. like you said, 
the, the Marvel universe has been woke for as long as woke has been a thing. Yeah, I mean, comic books are progressive. Like that's just something that's that's a that's a true fact. Like, you know, it, what's a, that's a good <laughs> thing about comics and sci-fi have always been because comics and sci-fi have always been progressive. They've been able to do it because when you do it in the guise of entertainment, it's easier to say a message without people realize. You know, the people that know what you're saying know it. It's like the inside joke thing. You know, they they get what you're saying. And other people are absorbing it, not realizing what they're absorbing right away. You know, the original Star Trek was like that. You know, you have a, a diverse bridge, you know, but because it's set in the future, we can have a Russian and a, and a Japanese man and, and a black woman on the bridge together because that's the future. Yeah. And I mean, you talk to Nichelle, I mean, you don't talk to Nichelle Nichols because I know her, but you hear, <laughs> you hear Nichelle Nichols talk about I call her up on my phone and, all the time. And, and, yeah. But, and, you know, as, you know, as we say this all the time, you know, it's just white men. You don't really realize how important that um, representation is, right? As you know, because you know, as you know, a couple of white guys, we see white guys all the time on television. But to see that kind of representation for somebody is is, is such a big deal that we don't. You got to be. You really got to appreciate that. But I mean, yeah, Star Trek. I mean, look at the one of my favorite episodes is the one with Frank Gorshin with the guy, uh, the white and black on. Oh, with the one, one side white, one side black, and like one has one, one side and the other one has white and the other, and then and they hate each other for there's lots of the work, you know, racist reason. It's su- and it's such a like allegory. Over the head allegory, but it's at the same time it's, it's like, like really in your face, especially for for, for the time was six, you know, sixty eight, sixty nine. Like, gee, like that was that was huge. That was yeah, and still huge today. But and like I said, and the people that knew what they were talking about got it and were like, wow. And everyone else was like, oh, this is an entertaining sci-fi show. And like, that's how it got past the censors. And that's how, you know, it always gets past things. Anyways, I know. But so anyway, Loki was that's great. Yeah, Loki was good. <laughs> I love the TBA. I love time travel. Um, it was it was fun. Like, Kang the Conqueror is one of my favorite characters. They, I really hope he, like I said, I, I know he's going to probably be a little more ruthless in the, in, in the follow-ups. But I, I still hope he has a little bit of that, that, that quirky confidence personality tone because yeah. i thought that was really, I really that was that great was that was totally great well um i need to get my kids ready to go get their no yeah, they're, get, they're, they're getting anxious yeah well they're, they're, right now they're playing they're, they're wrestling you got, currently you got things well you know make sure they pull their punches oh well, yeah make I sure they make sure they're selling too you know? yeah. oh they oh trust me they sell don't move too fast they know how to sell you know mickey mouse punches them in the face and they're like oh <laughs> they wrestle as a tag team against stuffed animals. That's awesome. So, like, you know, what, uh, make sure they take the time. Don't bury the ref. You know, if you know, switch uh-huh. in and out. Like, take take your five seconds. And if, I'm, if I'm snoozing, um, like, Dad, count, count. I'm like one, two, and then Mikey kicks out. Because we don't bury the ref. No, don't bury the ref. No, that's my biggest advice in tag team matches. Don't don't bury the referee because it just makes everyone look bad. They, they definitely wait if for the hard cam because they're like, look over here. <laughs> Look at the movie. That's, that's, that's what they that's what they get for having a dad in production. It's like they know where the hard they know where the hard cam is at the age of eight. Yeah. The hard cam is mom or dad. Like, look where there's I'm some, over here now. There's a driver. Choke slam. There's some there's some professional wrestlers that still don't know what a hard cam is, I think. But that's oh man. How do you it's big it's a big red light over there? <laughs> well let's be fine. And in, in the news, it's not always the big red light. It's, it's that's like, true. Put a camera on a tripod somewhere. Just when so. you go out to the ring, it's to the right. Sometimes, sometimes it's facing the entrance. But like, oh, I'm saying is, you know, every, you know, know. you should know where it is before you go out, so you just know where to look. That's all. I always, 
I always ask somebody, and then when I'm in the ring, I tell the wrestlers where the where the hard cam is, just in case they're not sure of it. So you know what? Two two weeks ago, Dynamite when the when they went on the road again for the first time, the hard cam was where the entrance was, and I found it very awkward. I did not like it. Oh, the hard cam was at the entrance facing. Yeah, facing so after they walk one. out, the hard cam would reset. It was at the in the middle because they you know they have the ramps from the sides. Yeah. So the hard cam was in the middle. Uh, yeah, it's it just like very disorientating because you're not used to that. And like, because they want to show all the crowd, probably. Um, it could also have been restrictions based on where they were, you know, based on how many tickets they sold, yada, yada, yada. But I was like, I don't like it, the hard cam there. I like the hard cam on a side. Speaking you know? of wrestling real quick, let me let me plug uh, our big show in August. Uh, 14th and 15th. 14th, 5th, 4th, August 14th in Poughkeepsie Mid-Hudson Exhibit Center. We got, a, we got a huge card coming up. A lot of wrestlers are going to be there, so. Northeast okay. Wrestling, check it out. Is, isn't it the whole week? It's 14th and 15th, right? Oh, uh, 14th, 14th, we're in Poughkeepsie. The 15th, we are in Six Flags Great Adventure, Jackson, oh, New Jersey. Damn it. I thought you were going to be so, the same day as both weekends. No, no. Uh, Poughkeepsie one day, then, then Six Flags. can't go on the 14th. The Six Flags show, if you, if, you like, if you like Six Flags and you like roller coasters, I do. Um, it's a great deal because you get, you get to go to Six Flags for the park for a day. And then you got you got a free basically a free show on top of it, and oh, that's, um, that's going to be a pretty big show as well. I don't because uh, on Saturday we're going to see the Jets Giants preseason game. Uh that's fair. And it's my wife's birthday, and she's a Jets fan, so they kind of won. Yeah, that's 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 fair. I get that. Um, but yeah, the, the show at the Civic Center is usually one uh, our one of our bigger shows, and this one's huge. Um, we had the big show coming to do an autograph signing. Oh, that's oh wow, that's a big show. Is that, that is a big show. That's a big deal. So that's pretty cool. All right. So, well, uh, yeah. Thanks I have for, another thanks helicopter for flying overhead. I hear a helicopter again. Generations Only Podcast is back. Um, we'll probably be back next week. I hope. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a little. I'm five hours ahead now, so I'm not used to the time change yet. But oh, oh yeah, it's like later in the day for you. Crap. Yeah, it's a. Uh, what I see, my my watch hasn't changed over for some reason. So now it's it still says it's ten o five. Three o'clock. In reality, it's like it's like three o'clock here. So yeah, you're about to have your afternoon tea. Got to get some tea. Always drink tea. <laughs> Got to have the afternoon tea. We got some tea and crumpets. It's everywhere. I had some croissants. Oh, so I, fell asleep, that I fell asleep watching Monty Python last night. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, all right, everyone. See you later. Thanks, see you.